Well, good night. Here is uh, Pastor Randall with the Compelled Podcast, and tonight we're going to look at uh, Psalm chapter 5. And so here we find another lament psalm written by David, um, and he is first starts with the first three verses, um, coming to God uh, in his morning prayer, and not morning as in the start of the day morning, but morning as in crying out. And we're going to see that in these first three verses. So let's take a look. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. My King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. And in the, mor- and in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Now... As he is in a difficult situation, David finds himself in a difficult situation, and enemies coming at him, feeling like he is on the back end of this. He is, he's hurt, he's let down, he's uh, crying, he feels betrayed, he is betrayed, and he doesn't turn to his emotions, he doesn't turn to try to justify how he is right and the others are wrong. He simply comes before God knowing, first of all, that God is his king. Um, He said, my king and my God, for you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice, and in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Meaning, even if I feel sad and I am distraught, I will come before you. And when he says, I prepare a sacrifice, he's giving this sense of, I am giving you worship and attention and praise because you are a holy God despite my circumstance. Some of us think that, um, you know, praising God should only happen in certain circumstances when we feel like it. Praise to God should become at all stages, whether we're on the mountaintop or the valley. And that's what he does here. That's what David is doing here. And that verse 1, when he says, consider my groaning, that groaning, the literal translation is meditation. Um, we also see that in Joshua 1. Um, I believe verse 7, maybe 8. Uh, Joshua is offering that same, that meditation, focusing, in tune, laser focused on the things of God in the midst of his groaning. All right, so let's look at these next three verses. Now, in these three verses, we see God begins, or David begins to describe God's hatred towards the sinful nature of humanity, of mankind. Um, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Now, man, it is so important for us to understand exactly how deep God's hatred towards sin is. I mean, he was willing enough to send his son to die on a cross for the sinful nature of mankind. So when we begin to tolerate sin and think that it's something that uh, we should just um, let, you know, freely go and uh, we mistaken. I mean, I, I used the analogy before. I mean, if someone were to break in your house, you're not going to ask them to sit on the couch with you um, and hang out, right? If somebody breaks into your house, you're going to take go into action to protect your family, um, protect what is yours. 
um, and uh, whether that's getting the law for getting law enforcement involved or if you don't have time to do that you are as a, a taking a stand to push out an intruder um, and sin is the intruder in your life and in my life and we've got to hate it God hates it um, and so we've got to hate it and so when we hate it we got to begin to turn to to God and say here I am, here I am God I hate I love you more than I love my sin most of us love our sin uh, more than we think we do because we tolerate it um, we wouldn't tolerate an intruder in our house and so um, the intruder in your soul is the enemy and your selfishness and your evil pride and so we got to get that out um, and that's the first thing and you got to understand how much God hates the sin in your life I mean, he doesn't hate you he hates that sin that's keeping you from him and he wants it out and you've got to hate it you've got to hate it enough to realize it's keeping you from him and you got to want him more than you do your own sinful desires that's what david's getting to um, he said you destroy those who speak lies the lord abhors the bloodthirsty and a deceitful man um, god is the one that's going to take care of the evil in our lives we can't save ourselves from our sin um, but God can, and God has, and God will, and God does. And we just got to trust Him and trust in His salvation that was extended to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at verse 7 uh, through 10 here, these four verses, um, because this is, He begins to ask God to guide Him in righteousness. And righteousness is just that big church word that we hear all the time, but it means to do right. Um, and honestly, left to our own devices, you and I can't do right. We need somebody to help us in that. And that's what David is coming to God, seeking his guidance, seeking his, um, his, his leadership in his life. And so let's look at these four verses. So Psalm 5, verse 7 through 10. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall on their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out. For they have rebelled against you. Now, there's a few things that stand out in these four verses to me. Uh, first of all, he says, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I'll bow down toward the holy temple in the fear of you. Now, saying, look, the only way that I have the ability to do anything is out of God's abundance. Right? Um, because of God's steadfast love in my life, do I get to enter his house? Do I get to enter his praise? Not because I'm worthy, not because I'm good, but because of his un, uh, his complete, undivided, steadfast, abundant love for me. Do I get to do that? Um, and then when it does that, I bow down towards the Holy Temple. I bow down in reverence to God. Um, he is a God that is worthy of giving reverence and glory to. And then he ver in verse 8, lead me, O Lord, in what righteousness? Your righteousness, not mine. Um, God can't lead us in our righteousness because we are unrighteous. We, um, we do not do right left to our own devices. A child doesn't need to be taught how to do bad. 
they do bad all by themselves. No one set you down and told you how to lie, but you knew how to lie. It's because that in that uh, that evil desire is in us from birth, from that sinful nature. Uh, and then I love that he continues. He says, "Because of my enemies, make listen to the end of verse eight. Make your way straight before me." Some of us ask God to make our way straight for us. We want God to conform to our will and our way. And the only way this really works is to conform to God's way. And we got to be praying that, God, let your way be found straight in my life. I don't want to do things the way I've messed it up enough. I've, 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 done, I've done enough damage here. I need you to make your way straight before my life so I know which way to go. Not mine, but yours. And then he says, for there's no truth in their mouth. The inmost self is in destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God, and let them fall in their own counsels because of the abundance of their transgressions. Cast them out, for they have rebelled against me. Listen, you and I know, if you're listening, you know at least someone um, in your life that you can uh, relay these verses to. I mean, I know that I can. Um, but the end of verse 10 says, For they rebelled against you. It's not about how you rebelled, or how they rebelled against you as a person, but that they rebelled against God. If it, if someone is acting in a way that is outside of the will or the word of God in your life, and you are pursuing your relationship with God, it is not your job to seek vengeance against them. God does that. Um, and we've got to understand it breaks our heart when we understand that sin separates man from God. And that, that a person that sins against God, the bigger thing is not that they sinned against you, but that they sinned against God. And that ought to break us. And one is it's humbling because we all do it. Um, we've rebelled and we need to seek God's forgiveness and His grace. And we need to have that same prayer for those um, for the others that have done that to us as well. Now you're going to wrap up this psalm in the last two verses. In these two verses, um, we're going to see David begin to rejoice. And what does he rejoice in? Well, he rejoices in God's protection and blessing and uh, prosperity over his life, even in an unimaginable circumstance. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Now we need to understand that we have refuge in the Lord. We have shield. We have protection. And when we seek the face and the will of God, we have a reason to glorify Him. We have a reason to rejoice. We have a reason to, to fight, to keep working, to keep moving forward in the right direction because God is here. And that is enough. God is big enough. He's big enough. He's bigger than your circumstance. He gives us joy. Let us rejoice in Him. Because he could leave us to our own devices and we could have had no hope and we could have no help. But thank God he gave us Jesus and thank God we can rejoice in him. Let me pray with you tonight. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the glory of your name. I love that you are a God that is righteous all the time. You never leave us and you never forsake us. 
God, let us continue to look at your word, grow in your word. Um, as we look at it, we learn from it, and we grow together. Keep that um, at the steadfast of our relationship with you. And God, let it, let it never uh, waver, um, but your word is at the helm. It calls the shots. And God, we come before you rejoicing because you make your way straight before us. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray tonight. Amen. God bless.